Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. and welcome to another episode of Grey's Academy. I am your favorite co-host, Kelsey. And I am your... I'm your least favorite. I'm your other favorite co-host, oh, Carmen. Right. And it is a beautiful, sleep-deprived, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern day for a podcast. So true. It's we both. So so here's the thing, everyone. It is in current time. It's it's the Mardi Gras. It's the Fat Tuesdays. All right. And neither of us ate punchkis and neither of us are drinking alcohol because we have a very special Disney trip that we are taking to see our dear friend Lauren go get and betr- get betrothed to a man. She is man betrothed. of her dreams. She always oh, it's not. The betrothed is the betrothed ah, is first. She is currently betrothed. Betrothed is the proposal. She'll be bewed. Bewed, wedlocked. She'll be wedlocked and landlocked for. Um, She won't be landlocked because she'll be in Florida. Yeah, but that's a land. That's a land. It's not landlocked. Fucking, I'm so dumb. Okay, so we're both tired from trying to get ready to travel, (laughs) and also from just having children. Gosh, yeah. Anyways, all right. Hello, hi. Before we go any farther, we just want to say thank you all for listening for uh, the last uh, episode. It was our longest of all time. It was over two yes. hours. Uh, it was great. It, there, we've had a lot of streams on it, but also want to say thank you all for the five-star reviews that we've gotten. Uh, we have a new one. Did you want to read it or do you want me to read it out? You read it. Got it. Um, so if you haven't yet, make sure to go to uh, your Apple Podcasts page and hit that five-star button, leave a review, and uh, also make sure to write out a physical review to us, and we'll uh, read it live on air. If you're on Spotify, you're left out of the review writing process, but still give us a five-star review. It uh, is greatly appreciated for our algorithms. We definitely want to we wanna hear from everyone. But uh, Danny Rich 12 wrote... Uh, The title, Obsessed! Exclamation point. Five stars. I freaking love this podcast with three exclamation points. Found it a week ago, and I'm halfway through season two. That's impressive. Uh, I want to slow down because I don't want to catch up to y'all. LOL. Keep it up. Also, I, all caps, love, lower letters, lowercase, (laughs) the predictions. I have laughed out loud, shaken my head, and for some, I went... Hmm. Very good. 
Love it. Exclamation point. Danny Rich 12, when you get caught up to this, thank you. We shout you out. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Gray's Academy Pod. Make sure to follow Kelsey at Chaotically Kelsey. Make sure to follow me at Carmen.Gabriel.Official. And uh, just check out our stories because I think we're also trying to uh, have some fresh new face of our uh, podcast coming up. We're trying to take some pictures this weekend, right? Yes, we are going to actually take pictures together where we don't look a fool. Maybe we'll probably look a fool, but we are going to take pictures together. Yeah, we our podcast has blown up way, way bigger and way faster than we thought. And we need like a more professional picture of our faces, I think, is what recent picture, recent picture, maybe one without sunglasses. Who knows? Uh, Um, Also, so in um, on the note of last week's episode, let us know. If a two-hour episode infuriates you or if you love it. Because we've been going Ooh, back good and forth. Point. Yeah. Because I really like longer podcasts. Um, I like to have a lot to listen to. Like when I'm driving in the car or like when I'm just doing whatever around the house. So if you're someone who likes the longer ones, please tell us. If you see it and you go, what the fuck, why? Also tell us that. We're looking for feedback because we can adjust either way. The new way we're going, like the conversational route, leads to more dialogue because it's more conversational. So that's kind of why that happened. Um, and on that note, the next ep- next two episodes, it's a two-parter. And I feel like it will just be like a lot of conversation because I just like these these episodes really stand out in my mind. So I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. So um I don't know how we're going to do it yet. They aired separately, like they aired Thursday and Thursday. So I don't know if we'll do it separately. I'm inclined to just so you have to sit on the cliffhanger. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what we decide next week. We'll figure it out because the worst case scenario, if we're out there and here's the thing, I don't listen to a ton of longer podcasts. Most of the podcasts I listen to are a little bit shorter, right around like the 20, 30 minute mark. Uh, And that's all my adult ADHD brain can typically handle. (laughs) I Uh, hate that. Yeah. So if if you want a longer episode, we'll keep it together. But uh, I think maybe what we will try is saying, okay, let's split it down the middle. We'll have two hour long or two 45 minute episodes and break it up. But that's obviously all uh, contingent on some feedback. So definitely let us know. Uh, Also, I was going to say something. I don't remember what I was going to say, but um, we have in a side conversation, we have had people asking, Hey, how come you have ads sometimes? How come you don't? So I've done a little bit of research on this. So the way that our partnerships have, have grown with some of these companies is it's regional based. So they could tell where you're streaming and they will have an ad that's targeted to your location, your geolocation on your phone. If there is no ad for your location that they've put onto that episode, uh, you're not going to get an ad. So, uh, just That's why sometimes we sound like morons. Yeah. And sometimes we sound like geniuses. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, mostly, mostly genius geniuses. Uh, but anyways, with, with that being said, let's, let us, let us discuss this episode. Let's. This episode is episode eight of, uh, this for the fourth season. <sighs> You're it doing is, great. You're it is doing the great. 69th episode overall. Nice. 69. That's, what? I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, that's why I was being annoyed. Um, 69. Because I knew that was going to happen. Um, 
69. Are you quite done? Do you have one 69. more? 69. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes, okay. okay. That's it. Right. Now I'm done. Um, this episode is called Forever Young, and that is a song. Forever Young is a song, but it's not the song you're thinking of, everyone. Forever Young. It's yeah, not, not that, that one. one. Not According that one. to my sources, it's not that one. Which, if you want us to do a deep dive on that song, we will. Uh, I think that song is most notably put in everyone's mind by uh, Aziz Ansari's character from Parks and Rec when he's just sitting there and he has his little uh, funny nasally voice. He's like, forever young, I wanna be forever. Anyways, so Forever Young it. is a song by Bob Dylan. Uh, now, this was recorded uh, and released in 1973, or it was recorded in 1973, released January 17th, 1974, from the album Planet Waves. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but Planet Waves sounds very... Uh, Drug. Uh, very dry. <laughs> That's a nice <laughs> way of putting it. Um, also, I, uh, I'm i not a huge Bob Dylan fan. I, I find him a little bit annoying. Uh, I put him in the category of like Willie Nelson of, I think, <gasps> over overrated. I think they're both overrated. I apologize. Well, you I'm don't sorry. like country music, so I, don't, I understand I don't. Willie Nelson, but I don't really understand Bob Dylan. I mean, like... He's not for me, but I understand why he's iconic in the music industry. I, yes, yes. Um, I also would put Bob Dylan in the, uh, the, the category with Neil Young. Like growing up, my dad used to listen to all these guys, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, Neil Young. And I thought their voices all, actually there's a little bit of a Van Morrison sound, I think mm. to them. Uh, they're all kind of like that similar kind of twangy, you know. You my brown-eyed girl <laughs> there you that's go that's me i have brown uh, and you're my brown-eyed co-host and true. yes uh but anyways yeah so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the song the the song itself didn't have any charting time but the album uh planet waves did actually reach number one on the billboard 200 in 1974 uh in the u.s and that was it it really did not have any reception uh anywhere else uh, it was given uh, some very high uh, high rankings, uh, but only got a, a three out of five stars from Rolling Stone. So uh, anyways, with that being said, I did not download, did not like the song. Uh, I did not make any predictions because I listened to the song after I watched the episode. But uh, I could tell you that no one is forever young. And if I had to go back and look at the irony of this, I'm going to go ahead and call out that scene where the two high school girls said Mark looked like their dad and he realized I'm not forever young. And that is the end of what I'm going to say. I love you so much and I feel as though you've maybe missed the point of the episode based on what you just said. Nope. Nope. There's no point to anything forever young. Uh, with the episode there, there's no hidden innuendos. There's no metaphor. Do you feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly irony. Um, what's ironic? Let's just talk about this fucking episode. Okay. okay. Tell me about this episode. <laughs> so Tell me Carmen about the stats. The point. the point of the episode. Um, this episode was written by Mark Wilding, directed by Rob Korn. Aired November 15th, 2007 to 19.61 million views. And the Netflix synopsis is 
teenagers fill the ER after a school bus crash, and Bailey treats a patient who was her high school crush. And Carmen yawns a lot. Big ol' yawn. Yeah, that's a pretty good synopsis, actually. I feel like that... uh, Yeah, that's fair. It's better than most. Uh, Also, I do want to say, November 15th, uh, this episode is a Scorpio, so thank you. Thank you, Shonda. Can I also just take one sidebar conversation just for like one minute? Not even a minute. Spoilers, if you have not watched Scandal. Spoilers. (laughs) Fucking... Olivia Pope's mom is alive. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's just gonna keep getting better. I took a lap around the kitchen on the entire. I stood up. I I put my phone on the on the table and I did a lap. That's Fucking a Shonda moment for you, man. Just when you think you got her, just when you think you understand. Although I I did uh, when when uh, Jerry Senior raped Melly. I I saw that. Ugh, it's very sad. That was it's very I did not very like upsetting that. episode. Yeah. Did not like that. Um, All right. And we're back. Unless there's anything else you want to say to that. Yeah. Carmen and I almost had to um not be friends anymore because he told me that uh Jake from Scandal was not hot. So we almost had he's, to not be friends okay. anymore. <laughs> to me, he's always going to be the guy that Elliot dated in Scrubs. I Sean. That's fine. He can he but have his face. He's not that <laughs> his, with with, with stubble. Body. With the stubble, I'll give him I'll give him with the stubble, but the clean shaven, which he is most often, is not that great. I don't know if he is clean shaven the most often. And also you're wrong. Anyways, we almost had to break up. I had to call in reinforcements to prove my correctness on yet again another point. None of the reinforcements it's, agreed with you. Everyone said that you were super wrong and they said I'm super right. With me Leah and Ryan said I'm very right and you're very wrong. I have, so I remember it. I'm going to post the screenshot. Okay. This is that thing when you're like prove it and I have the proof. We don't even know if that was really Ryan and Leah saying that. It could have been you hacking into their phones like Huck. It wasn't though, but wouldn't that be cool? Also, this Quinn storyline, bullshit right now. Fucking dumb. I hate What's, it. What is it right now? Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. We're gonna go into. We're gonna leave that to Patreon. Uh, okay. Um, Subscribe to our Patreon below <laughs> to listen to more Scandal and Shondaland content. Alrighty. So this episode is. Let's to recap it for you in case that. The Netflix actually did a good job, but there's a school bus crash um, and the main takeaways are a kid with a pencil in his eyeball, which I almost texted Carmen to warn you about because I know we both have things where we like hate yep. eyeball boo-boos. Oh, yeah, it was the um, worst. But I didn't want to spoil it. So um, there's the eye- pencil in the eyeball. Uh, Bailey is like aggressively flirting with this guy that she went to high school with and had a crush on. Um, George and Izzy are like not talking to each other. Meredith's dad comes in trashed. Trash. Um, I think those were like the main things that happened. Uh, yeah, I would say Christina starts to kind of work towards getting back into the good graces of Han. Oh yeah. Um, she's doing her some, best. She's doing her best. There's some. There's some good. There's some good uh, Lexi Meredith moments in this. There's some mm-hmm. good. Uh, good Callie stuff. Callie stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, but Mark, Mark and Derek stole this episode <laughs> I know. for me. I lo- so okay. good. You guys, this is the episode where I have actual nice things to say about Derek Shepard. This is the episode that has 
up to this point, I hate him the least in this episode. That's high praise. I mean, it's 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 a it's a milestone. <laughs> it might as well be uh, a Kelsey stamp of approval. Yeah. So uh, we also have the introduction of uh, Rose, who I don't know if she's a character who's going to be around for a while, but uh, she's a nurse who's done 36 surgeries with Derek and he didn't even know. So that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was less redeeming, but on brand. Yeah. Uh, any other plots? Any other plots? I can't think of anything else. Stupid high school girls. Stupid, stupid high school girls. Yeah, we'll have to talk about the high school part of this because we'll just we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. So the recap. Where do you want to pro- start, my friend? The recap provided by ABC is George and Izzy have bad sex. Meredith and Derek have bad communication. Callie was fired, and Lexi and Thatcher have drama. That was the pre-show recap. Yeah. Um, and Derek says he needs to start dating. Derek goes on a date with mm-hmm. Sydney. That's another let's, fun. Let's start with Derek. Let's just All start right. with Derek. Oh, good Derek. guy, Derek. Good guy, Derek, in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Derek's kind of on a date with Sydney. I feel like I have a spoiler, but I don't know if it's a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler. I'm going to say it. Okay. This is a series wrap on Sydney Heron. Oh, okay, okay. I did not see that coming. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Wait, like the whole show she's done. I'm this is pretty it. positive this is the last one she's in. Okay. Like very pretty positive. That's not really a, a spoiler, a but spoiler. but here's the thing. I would have been like, man, when is Sydney coming back? And then we would have gotten to the the, the series finale in seven years, and I'd been <laughs> like, man, Sydney never came back. We get more Olivia, right? Olivia's not dead. She's not dying anytime soon. She is not dead. All right, good. Uh gosh. At this point, it's just fun to think of Olivia. Where are you? And that's that's a fun <laughs> like what is she How's What are you syphilis? doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it didn't flare up. You know, it killed Capone. So uh, That's what they say. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you saw Derek really, really in a in a decent light this episode. So why don't you start with some of your highlights, and we'll kind of go and branch off from there um, for the next hour. Well, first off, we're going to talk about Derek and Mark being together and being friends again. And again, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I feel like we skipped the part where Derek decided to forgive him. Um, I'm glad they did, because they're so fun together. It's just like, it's such Great a, it's just a little bromance. I love it. It's so funny. They're just great together. And we love to see it at the very end when Mark, like at, when they go to get a drink and they're like giggling and like Derek, like slaps him on the shoulders. Like it's just adorable. Yeah. We love male friendships. We love yes. a positive male friendship. We also, we, so we do stand. So, uh, we were watching the parent test earlier today when we were taking a break to, to have some lunch. And there was a commercial where, uh, these guys are going to a wedding and the groom texts the the person who's driving the car and two other guys in the backseat. He texts a group chat and just says, I love you to the three of them. And Jessica was like, wow, that was super progressive. And I was like, I don't what? Like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, Carmen, you're a very emotional person and you tell the people that you love that you love them. So it's not progressive for you, which made me think 
that the bromance thing is just another check on the list for the things that Shondaland gets right when it comes to some of the progressive things. So we do stand bromances. Very happy for them. Uh, but the funny is this like this recurring joke of Mark saying, like, I'll fake a heart attack for you. I got you. <laughs> is she dying? <laughs> is she dying? <laughs> goodness um, um okay what else you got sorry I, that was a little bit of no, a that rant, was, side rant that was good that was good um what else well the the thing that i love with about derek was really the very end of the episode but i do appreciate how much it was like rose said when he was like she was like i could see that you were really invested in this case and i like you know i'm sorry that it, it played out the way it did but i'm glad that you were invested in like you did your best um Right from the get-go when Danny comes in and they're like taking the thing off of his eyeball and like showing showing me disgusting things. Um the way he like talks him down because he's getting upset. The way Derek like he's not yelling, like, you have to calm down. Cause like it's okay. One of the parenting things I've read once was you can't de-escalate if you are escalated. So it's easier to like bring them down to your level. If you're down here, it's harder if you're at their level, just telling them to get down levels. Like it's right, not going to work. Right. So I, I really appreciated that he was like, you have to like, you have, you can't raise your voice. Cause when you get upset, your blood pressure goes up and this, there's a pencil in your eyeball. So like you could lose your eyeball. Unfortunately, it does not play out in anyone's favor, but did you he keeps think Danny the was going to die? <laughs> uh, well, he didn't die. Did you think he was going to be okay? I thought that he was going to be okay. Yeah. But when they showed the brain swelling up and like almost popping through the hole in the, uh, I think it was like a hole in the skull at some point, mm-hmm. like almost like shooting out. I was like, oh, this is not, that's not good. That's, Something it's hard to recover from. Hard to, yeah, the brain can only do so much. Uh, but to be in a coma for the rest of his life, I don't, I don't understand the medical side of that. I don't understand enough because he's not brain dead. They didn't say he was brain dead. He was, he's going to be in a coma for the rest of his life. So he's not going to wake up. But I didn't understand, I don't understand fully the difference between those two and how they uh, came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Also, weird storyline where where Weber was like, hey, you can't tell this girl until you tell the parents. And then he just went and told the girl anyways. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand HIPAA. the ramifications. I'm just oh. kidding. It's, it's not HIPAA. But oh, okay. um, I think you have to tell the the family first. Like, I think that's just the rule. And I don't know that there necessarily are ramifications because, like, it's a bunch of teenagers, but I don't really know. Mm, sorry, that was a podcast, John. Uh, was there a question you asked me? Oh, I think it was going to be okay. Yeah, I thought it was going to be okay. Every time I saw that pencil in that kid's eye, I teared up. I'm tearing up thinking about it. I'm just, it's I don't upsetting. like seeing, It hurts my eyeball. Like, it hurts my eyeballs. Yeah, I'm like, it's not, I'm not going to cry. Like, it's sad, yeah. but it's not, <laughs> not, it's not that sad. But, like, <laughs> It's like, I feel it, it. I feel as if there is a pencil in my eyeball when I look at it. Yeah. There are certain things, um, on shows or movies or like even reading books or just like when people tell stories when they're like, Oh, and I had this injury and I'm like that part of my body now hurts. Yeah. I'm like, it's oh, always God, the I eye though. Like, the eye, the eyes get me. And, but like any, I don't know. It's just yucky. Yeah. It's icky. Tis icky. Um, yeah. So I just felt that Derek really made a connection with this kid, which is, uh, makes more sense again at the end when we hear his high school experience. Um, 
versus I think what you would assume has is similar to Izzy. Like you assume, oh, you know, this is how you look now. So this is this was your high school experience, blah, blah, whatever. Um, so I liked his connection to both Danny and Marissa and and he was just really invested and he felt really bad um for her. He was like, he lost you lost your best friend. It's, you know, he just it's sad. It's a sad episode. Hard to think about that going through that. Um so you so young. I feel like I know her from somewhere. I'm looking she it up. She was in IMDb one right episode now. of Gilmore Girls. Mm, it wouldn't have been that. Mm. Because the odds, I mean, it could have been, but the odds <laughs> that I watched that exact episode of of Gilmore Girls when that happened, it would have been not easy. Uh, let me see. So that's mm-mm, mm-mm. Madeline Zima as Marissa. I'm looking up her IMDb right now. Where would I have mm. known her from? Something, something, I think, <laughs> you know, you ever hear that show? Something, something. Ooh, sorry. Oh my goodness. That was <laughs> terrible. Sorry. She was in an episode of Royal Pains. I think that's where I know her from. Okay. Thank All you right. for including us move. on that journey. Um, yeah, I can move on now. I don't know. I mean, do we want to get in? I don't know if I want to get into the speech at the end right now, but that was, that was my happy Derek moment. Well, we can come back to that. I, I okay. did want to, I thought a fun thing to talk about would be thinking back to high school and thinking yes, about us. I wanted to mention this and I wanted to say this. I was, I'm going to ask you this live on air because, um, I thought, Oh, I'm going to post pictures of me and Carmen from high school. And then I thought that Carmen would get mad if I did that because Carmen has had a glow up. Mm. to put it kindly i was yeah you just looked of the times i mean you just look like like it's early 2000s and you're a high school boy who was i (laughs) it it was a lot you know here's okay here let's talk let's talk through this i'm sure you look exactly the same i look pretty similar but i also like i didn't really have the awkward clothing situation because uh, i went to a school that had uniforms so That's I feel fair. like the awkward phase for a lot of kids comes from the clothes they wore. And like, obviously I wore clothes that weren't a uniform, like outside of that. But for the most part, I was in a uniform. I'll have to see if I can, if I can track down some pictures that I'd be okay with you putting out there. But I guess if it's on Facebook, it's fair game because the whole world sees that already. <laughs> uh, so I have one in mind. Is it from your the- Facebook? And it is. It is a look. It's like from like a homecoming dance or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. You just Anyways, look a little let me. <laughs> but I, like also a little gangly. I had, I grew my hair long because very similarly to the way that Derek had explained and whether or not this is true or not, I like to believe that the people in this episode took a little bit of their true lives. Like at least the, the Derek and Bailey scene, mm-hmm. uh, they took a little bit of their real lives and they put it into this. Uh, but I I had a lot of acne, so I grew my hair long to cover up the acne. And the problem is, is that long hair makes acne worse. Yes. So, <laughs> I was about know, to say, are you aware of grease? <laughs> yeah, no. I But that I was too far in. I was too deep in. <laughs> too committed. Uh, and I didn't know about product really until like, like end of sophomore year or beginning of junior year. Um Plus, it was Re- like the style to it kind of kind wear of it style, down like that. Yeah, down. And I, I had like I have very 
straight hair until it gets long. Then it gets kind of these little wavies at the end. Um, and I didn't have a beard and, uh, I was a little bit gangly, like, like Kelk said, uh, but yeah, no, I was a little bit off and I, and like my, my family didn't have a ton of money. So a lot of my clothes were the shirts that you get from the sports that you play. Mm. Just like the, you know, like I was, I played travel baseball. So I always had a, a Bolingbrook or a Woodridge or a Downers Grove baseball shirt on. So, um, but I had a good personality and that always doesn't come through in pictures. So <laughs> again, uh, I think it's mostly just like of the times. Like it just yeah. is like, you can look at a picture and be like, well, this is from like 2002 easily. Yeah. Um, but I also, I also played saxophone and band. I didn't, I was not in marching band. I was in the concert band. So even when we did have to dress up, it was in a, a suit. So black, black suit with a white shirt. That was it. Black and white. Um, what about you for high school? Was, uh, was there any quirky things, uh, about you with high school? Are you about to show me the picture that you're, no, this you're is a picture about? of me, but yeah, this is, exactly this is also same. not the best representation. Cause I look nice because <laughs> I was going to prom. That's so fair. like my hair is done and I have makeup on, which never happened then and rarely happens now. So <laughs> I'm on brand. Um, but yeah, that was my junior prom. Nice. Um, what kind but, of yeah. kid were what kind of kid were you in high school? Were you a, a good kid, bad kid? Like like what I was who definitely was good. Like I never like I was with Christina, like I never cut class. I skipped classes in college, but I never I never cut class in high school. Oh, I skipped classes in high school. Like that that I just don't understand. Um I'm like, don't they 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 know that you're not there because they like would see you're not there. They do attendance in high school. Yeah. But also how many people like were in your class on average, like, uh, like the classroom. So unfortunately high school Carmen was not very bright and I always cut the class with the smallest amount of students <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, but, uh, anywhere we, we had like 20, 25. Okay. But there okay. were some classes that I was in where like there was four of us. Or five of us, but it was mm. it dependent. That was an elective. Those were the elective yeah, yeah, classes. And band, but, my band period was 117, 120 students. I also didn't know you played saxophone, so we'll have to come back. Yeah. To that. Um. How many? And I know the answer to this, but for the listeners, how many people were in your graduating class? My graduating class was like nine hundred something. That's <laughs> I cannot that nine hundred. There's that's more than the number of students that were in the 612 <laughs> school that I was at. Now, again, like we have very different high school experiences. Carmen obviously was like in the Chicago area at a public school. I was in a Chattanooga in a private all girls school. So is very, very different. I also a lot of people assume multiple things when you say I went to an all girls school. Um, some of them are dumb. Like when the people are like, Oh my God, was everyone a lesbian? No, that's a stupid thing that you asked. Like, or when people would say, Oh, how many people did you graduate with were gay? I would say, how many people did you graduate with were gay? It's probably the same number. Like it's like the same yeah. statistics. Yeah. Like it's just not, um, also it wasn't a convent. It wasn't a nunnery. We were not locked <laughs> together. It was not a boarding school. Like we just, we just uh, came to school and learned and left. Um, yeah. there is a, an all boys school in the city that's like the quote unquote brother school. So when you had like dances or whatever, that's who you put the dance on with. Like it was the GPS Macaulay dance. Um, like the sporting teams, like those like did stuff to, like it was GPS Macaulay swimming is what I did. Um, so anyways, but 
people also assume that there's a lot of drama at an all-girls school because they're like, oh, girls are really mean and catty. And that can be true. But what is interesting and what I found to be true in my experience is if you remove teenage boys, Mm, there's like mm -hmm. a lot less drama. And I'm not saying that the boys are starting the drama all of the time. I think sometimes there's definitely involved, but sometimes it's just like what the girls are upset about. And again, not all the time, but sometimes. Right. Um, Right. So it just kind of removes that. Uh, And it's just like puberty sucks for everybody. Like, it's just like, it's the worst. That's the way it is. Um, it's nice. I think single sex education is nice. I don't think it necessarily needs to be a private school. I think there should be more access to single sex education without being like super like expensive and stuff. But, um, because it's just like, if everyone you're around you is going through the same thing and there, it's just a different level of understanding. And there's just, it's like, everyone's so awkward and people don't know how to deal with it. So a lot of times they like lash out and it's just, it just kind of removes that. And everyone, you're just, it's like more, it's just a community. I don't know. I had a great experience in high school is what I'm trying to say. Because I, of you, it makes Jessica and I consider do doing uh, an all girls school for Marlo. If, if it, if it is a possibility, we, I am very, very, and we even here in Chattanooga, they've, they've started, they now have charter schools that are single sex education. So in addition to like the private schools, charter schools are more affordable. Um, but I just think it's, I just had a great experience and I obviously like, I still met boys. I knew boys. I had a boyfriend. Um, I was not like afraid of men. I am now. I'm <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> now, that I, now that I know men. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, a lot of assumptions it's easy to make, but if you have access to one and you have a child to put into school and you like, it's something you can do for your family. I, it, in my opinion, it's worth looking into because I had a great experience, but I also believe that schools aren't one size fits all. So one of my best friends from high school who I'm still in touch with, she, hated it um like we went to the same school she just didn't like it and my mom went to went to my high school for a few years and she hated it and she went to she ended up transferring and she went to the school that michael graduated from and she loved that school and michael hated it so like it's just not like people different people need different things um you know it just kind of depends on what you're what you're going through in your life and just the community that you're in and the kind of support you need and just you know, it's not one size fits all. So in overall, in retrospect, on a scale of one to 10, what would you give your high school experience? Nine. That's high. Yeah. I love wow. my high school. Yeah. Mine's so also, I'm, it was middle school. It was six through 12. So it's like middle school to through high school. So I do think that also gives an advantage because you're with the same, for the most part, you're with the same people for like a lot of it. So you're really bonded. I'm, I had really good friends. Um, I'm not in touch with all of them anymore, but I am in touch with some of them and it's just, it's nice. I'm putting mine at like a five. It was, (laughs) here's the thing. It was fine. High school was fine. Like I, you know what I hated most about it? Waking up early. That was the worst part of high school. Uh, the worst part of any day that I have to wake up early. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, honestly the, so yeah, it, it was, it was fine. I think for me, I, I didn't really have 
any like there's nothing that I sit there and I go, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. Like, oh, there were so many times, blah 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 blah. I don't have embarrassing stories like that. I was pretty yeah. well liked. I had an outgoing personality. I was a little bit more obnoxious. I've toned down in my my old age uh, now, but uh, but yeah, it was you know definitely. There's a lot of people I still keep in touch with. Some of my closest friends, and uh, it's it's one of those things where. Like, if I could snap my fingers and go back in time and do high school over, like, start freshman year, day one, and continue back the rest of my life, would I do it? Yeah, sure. I think there's things that I would go back. I think there's regrets. I think there's choices that I would do over. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I have, I have very little regrets. And at high school, I have maybe one total regret that has accounted for my time there. So and that's it, not bad. Yeah, maybe, maybe two. Two. Two maybe regrets. 20 Seven. maybe actually 100. i give it a zero, zero. <laughs> on a day. scale of one to ten i give it a zero um, <laughs> i wake up every day going fuck i wish i can go back to high school uh yes i will say i don't think i peaked in high school that's that's a bummer no yeah that's yeah um, i feel bad for those i mean i feel a little bit bad for those kids but i blame the parents i also feel like a lot of those people don't don't a lot of people who peaked in high school don't think that they peaked in high school do you know what i mean oh yeah no for sure but those I know are the I just people said who, i didn't peak in high school but i actually didn't <laughs> <laughs> I well no no here's the thing the people who peaked in high school think that their entire life every single day is a brand new peak every day I peak <laughs> oh wait shit I think that. that's you right damn it damn it um, fuck <laughs> uh, no but yeah high school was not not anything terrible for me it was good times and we just like we had a lot of really fun traditions in my school that like are silly if I say them out loud but they're fun um did and- your high school throw pennies did senior seniors throw pennies at the freshmen no, why would you do that? That's so mean. Yeah, that was mean. That's totally, I don't know. I was, my high school <laughs> didn't do that either. Uh, yeah, no, that was like a weird tradition that our high school had. I don't know. If, I thought that was like normal in the, uh, in the, the pep rallies, the <laughs> seniors would, so they, se- they separated everyone. It was all freshmen, all sophomores, all juniors, all seniors. So our auditorium was huge because everyone in the high, in the high school could fit in the auditorium for the pep rallies. And the seniors. Wait, and is the this juniors, an auditorium or a gym? A gym. Well, the gymnasium converted into a gigantic auditorium. It had wild. Like it had seats that slid out from the walls. Yes. Yes. Was, the bleachers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was insane, though. It was a lot. And the seniors and juniors would sit on the far side of the auditorium and they would stamp their feet and they would uh, say, go home, fresh meat. And then they would do like the go home, fresh meat. And then they would throw pennies across the auditorium at the freshmen. I hate this. I, don't I like do that. too. I thought that, I thought that was normal. But you did it. So you didn't hate it that much. I no, no. I received the penny throwing. I never threw pennies. I was really? too poor to I was too poor to waste any <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have two pennies to rub together. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have two pennies to throw at freshmen. I was um, the one scooping them up afterwards and putting them in a bank account with a high interest yield. <laughs> Put them in a mutual a fund. <laughs> I got to pay the dues for my sports team. Um, my parents divorced. I can't afford anything. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, I was on the swim team and I hated it, but that's fine. Um, you said you wanted to ask me about the saxophone thing. Is there anything else you want to talk about the saxophone thing before uh, no, I'm we just, go and I'm back just to... Su- I'm surprised that I didn't know that because I've always oh, yeah. known you to be a guitar fellow. 
Yeah. Actually, um, uh, I played saxophone from like fifth grade to uh, sophomore year in high school. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I tried to I, play the violin. Mm. I was bad at it. I, 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 like I bet to you could formally apologize to my parents. That's one <laughs> instrument I wish I could play. I wish, it's so elegant. Mm. It is classy. Um, anything else on high school? I was also, I had really good teachers, like teachers who, if they saw that you were struggling, they would be like, Hey, how can I help you? Like, what can I do to help you? Like, here's when I am free, we can sit down and, and I just don't know that that's the case everywhere. A lot of people are like, well, I guess that kid just doesn't give a shit. So I'm not going to put in any effort. And that was not my experience except for one teacher. I did have one teacher like that. And that was geometry. And I do hate geometry. Like I don't, it's not how my brain works. I don't care. I'm not going to write it all out. That why, like, what's the point? Why? Yeah. I had mostly good teachers. I had one terrible teacher and that one terrible teacher led to my one regret in high school, uh, which we won't get into now. It's too long of a story, but uh, yeah, I would say for the most part, I had pretty good teachers. I actually had really bomb teachers in middle school. So like seventh and eighth grade, I had fucking Mm -hmm. some of the best teachers in my life in seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Some of the hottest teachers of my life okay. also Did have an icky moment this episode With Mark at the beginning When he like leans over to Alex And he's like a hot yeah. cheerleader ass I was like that's a child This is prob- was- this has not aged well Mark yeah. I love you but I don't love this I also like, did even say if she's 18 that's still icky Yeah yeah it's, it's funny If he was trying to be funny but he didn't have enough context and he didn't have enough like facial expressions to make it seem like because it would have been like, ooh, hot cheerleader ass. Ha, 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 ha. If he would have said it like yeah. that and walked away, I'd be like, Mark, you're funny. Uh, but he didn't. It was kind yeah. of serious. It was like half serious. Yeah, it was yucky. Um, but other than that, I think it was there weren't really any other things that I was like, yikes on bikes. Um, yeah. So. All right. Back to Grey's Anatomy. Also, We're a Grey's Anatomy what, podcast. What uh, what bothered me about that moment is this is a thing that we've talked about before. He's like whispering to Alex and Callie, who's on the other side of the patient, can hear him, which leads me to believe that the patient can hear him. Right. What bothers me in shows when people are quote unquote whispering and they're just speaking at a regular volume. Yeah. So and it comes seconds after he's like, don't look at that, Alex. Yeah. Don't look. That's why. And I was also like, what? This is weird. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Okay. So let's talk about Callie. All right. She's not fired, fired. No, she's been demoted. demoted. Yeah. So, which I um, think I predicted. No, you think you predicted that she was going to leave the show because she was fired. She, okay. She is going to leave the show because she was demoted, which is, I think what I said. Okay. That's what you're saying now. Um, she'll she'll so, leave the show by season 19, I think. So Callie, uh, I think she's fine when she goes to talk to Bailey. She kind of gets an attitude when Sydney comes up, which is rightfully so, because it's not really Sydney's business. The Callie side right. of it, like if Sydney wants to congratulate Bailey, that's fine. But when she's like, let's not ruin this moment for Miranda, I'm like, she already came and was like very sincerely like you deserve this job. You do it better. I shouldn't have had it. It should have been you um, at the beginning. So yeah, that was annoying with Sydney, but I thought she was very gracious and she was like, 
I'm glad that it gets to be you doing this job now because you're going to be great at it. Um, and then, so she kind of connects with this palm, which is a term I've never heard before. We, we had that, we had that, uh, at, at my high school, we had, we had the palms and the cheerleaders. Yeah. That's wild. Um, before, I mean, before we I've talk just about- never heard of it other than this episode. Oh, but. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, cause, uh, we had, um, we had kind of like a varsity and a junior varsity dance team and they were, mm-hmm. they were the name of the team and then there was like palms at the end. So, uh, but Crazy. the thing I will say is don't hug people from the back at a workplace setting, Sydney. Just don't do that. <laughs> I didn't like watching that. Yeah. Sydney, um, is a very touchy person, which I don't think is bad. Not in bad. the correct setting. Correct. It's like you, you like to give a lot of hugs, and that's but fine I don't with hug your people friends. That don't but want you, yeah, hugs. and you don't, you would never do it in a workplace setting unless the, you knew a hundred percent, without a doubt, the other person like wanted that and was okay with it. You I would think, never like just do it and then be like, "You good? You don't don't like." It would have yeah. to be established before you hugged. <laughs> yeah, I think I've always, uh, if I've ever hugged someone in a professional setting, it was like, "Hey, he, I'm just real quick." Do you want a hug? I'm I'm a person first. Do you want a hug? Mm-hmm. And if not, that's okay. I've had people say no, thank you, and I'm like, okay, what can I do for you? But yeah. Sydney, don't hug, don't no behind the. I've never once in my professional career hugged someone behind the back, man or woman. Just don't <laughs> do that in the workplace. It's not. Yeah. It's not good business. Um. So Callie connects to the palm who has a broken booty, which I'm sure made you laugh. Um. And yeah. she also Cotton had like a couple sucks. of other fractures. She was very, very, very stressed about her face. She couldn't have got anyone better. Yeah. Which I did like that when she was rolling in and she was like, I only the head of plastics can touch me. I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Advocate for yourself. We love to see it. And then she says, you better not mess up my face or you better be good or something. And Mark's like, you're not going to find anyone better than me. I love that. I also love that. Um, and then, so yeah, her little friends are not her friends, but here was what I struggled with the scene where she's really upset and the girl comes in and is like, I've prayed on it and God wants me to be the captain now. <laughs> Icky. Um, I thought that maybe they were at like a Christian school because that just like, why even put that in the dialogue? If you guys aren't a Christian school or some sort of Catholic just because you know. to make her be like, you can't argue with me because I've prayed about it. It's what it's part of God's plan. Gosh. Um, so, what was weird to me about that scene is it didn't seem like, okay. So in mean girls, there are scenes where they're all, they're like blatantly being passive aggressive and like insulting each other with compliments the way that people often do. But this, I was like, you're not like being passive aggressive. You're just like shitty people and you don't even realize it. Like it was like unintentional shittiness if that makes it that's how it came across to me like they didn't seem like they were trying to be mean they just which like is also not great that they're just naturally mean like they're not really trying to they're just so like socially unaware that they they're just walking around like hurting people's feelings um but i don't know it was just weird to me when the 
because the way they played it, it seemed like she wasn't trying to be manipulative or like hateful. But she was being those things. <laughs> yeah, because then she was like, oh, and your your boyfriend, just so you know, he still is going to like I've convinced him to take you to to prom or whatever. Even it was. though you're even though your face is messed up, <laughs> which, again, like that's a mean thing to say. It's but I don't know thing. if she was sitting there going, what mean thing can I say? Or if she is just stupid and like dense and doesn't understand that that's hateful. Yeah. You're so, you're so ignorant to your own yeah. shittiness that you thought you were actually doing this girl a, a nice thing, a favor. Yeah, That's yeah. shitty. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it was just weird the way that scene played out. I couldn't really like get a read for what it was supposed to be. Um, you should go pray about it. I'm going to talk to God and he will tell me how that scene meant to be. Also the way that she literally gives no pushback when she's like, I prayed about it and it's God says it's the right thing. And she's like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I would, I would be like, well, let me pray about it. We'll see what God says to me before we make this choice. Yeah. What a, what an interesting dynamic because those, those there's, uh, it's not those girls, but there's other girls that just kind of pop in through yeah, the two, the show. Just high school girls can be the worst. High school boys can be the worst too. Let me tell but you. Like I they're was in very different ways. They can they both were be the worst. Inv- it's kind exactly. of fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Again, but I wish they would have. Very I wish they would have made. Yeah. I wish they would have made there be the the mirror image of two teenage high school boys that were doing mm-hmm. some of the same things, but being shitty in their own shitty ways. Yeah. But it was just girls. It was just That's girls. True. Yeah. That was um, one of the things I noticed about this episode. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, it does kind of feel like it's perpetuating the like, oh, drama, drama, drama only on girls side. Yeah. Uh, Danny and Marissa. I do like their friendship. I like that it is strictly platonic. They're just platonic best friends. Um, it's not something you see a lot portrayed in the high school age range. Like people, you see it a lot. Um on shows in adults, although oftentimes they make them sleep together, George and Z. Um, so, well, they have chemistry, so it's, it is what it is, but I liked that they just played them as they're just best friends. Obviously yeah. it was sad, but they're, they're friends. Yeah. Um, and on, on the Callie thing to, to kind of wrap up her things, I, I want to get your thoughts on that, that end scene. Cause she has a good moment there, but I want to backtrack it to, uh, they're in the operating room and she has kind of this this really funny dig, which it's a let it's less uh, jerky because we get to see how Callie's friendship with Mark is kind of uh, building. But mm-hmm. she says, uh, you know, you, you seem really empathetic to her plight, the loss of identity, the shared uh, the shattered self image. Yeah. Um, it's just such a good singer and she gets these good one liners and she delivers them so great. Uh, so I really, I enjoy Callie, but, uh, what was your take on the, the, the one-on-one that she had kind of with that, that palm towards the end of the episode? I like it. I like it. Ow. Oh God. Sorry. Um, several things happened. It's fine though. Um, (laughs) so I liked it. I thought she, it's nice when they are vulnerable, um, and being sincere. And she's like, I lost the job of basically being captain, but now I get to get back and just do the thing that I actually like. So now you don't have to be in charge of all of these heinous little whore bitches. That was terrible. I should not have said that. These heinous little vultures is what she called them. Um, 
and like you can just do what you like to do and just like be in high school like the way that this girl and this is common in shows and movies and I think also probably in real life when you are like in that moment of being a teenager you're like everything matters and nothing will ever be as big as everything I feel right in this moment which like now as an adult you look back on being like 15 and you're like who gives a shit about literally any of that like everything I cared so much about means so little now like who cares here's like you should have fun and like have friends and like live your life but like there's nothing well that's not true there are very few things that are going to happen to you that are like actually going to ruin your life the way that as a teenager you say this will ruin my life yeah i will say the the difference and i i kind of was sitting in in that that scene and thinking some of the same things but the big difference is and i i equate this to being an adult in in a job you, if you have a situation where you put your foot in your mouth or you embarrass yourself, you could quit that job and go get a new job. Mm-hmm. You can't quit high school and go get a new high school. And it's tough because kids who go through that period of their life, they know they're trapped. They know they're locked in. And I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes on internally. And if I had to think back in hindsight to looking on my high school life it was whatever happens it's gonna be something that sticks luckily that never happened but i think that's where a lot of my pressure came from because my family wasn't gonna move i was gonna transfer to the other high school that wasn't just something we could do uh you know so i don't know that's maybe something that just plays into it but yeah really good moment with callie and and uh the palm the palm girl and i think it also gives some insight to callie as a person of Mm -hmm. i i would rather do surgeries i like surgeries that's like, yeah, it goes back to her at the beginning. Like, I think she's sincerely saying, like, it's fine. I don't have this job anymore. It's fine. Because now I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, She knows uh, she's good at surgery. She knows she's a good surgeon. So that's what she's going to focus on and be good at. Yeah. Even if her surgery is, is carpentry. Which, <laughs> it's carpentry. do you want to talk about uh, your favorite character? Or do you want to talk more about some of these patients? Let's let's hit on... Yeah, we'll hit on Christina. Um, So... Christina is like kissing ass hard and Han hates it. Um, I will say I hate it at the very beginning. I don't mind the rest of the Han storyline, but at the very beginning when um, she calls Christina out, like in front of all the interns and the patient, I find that unprofessional. Yeah. Um, Because again, I said the same thing when Derek did it. Christina is in charge of these people. If they see, her getting talked to like that it just like i feel like it diminishes the respect that they are meant to hold for her as a teacher and so and also just in front of a patient like if doctors said that in front of me i would be like can you maybe just save my life that's important to me and what you're doing is not the vibe so yeah i didn't like that but other than that i thought the storyline she was less annoying to me in re- in relation to Christina this episode um and Callie kind of telling her like hey back off you're you're doing too much and that's why she's annoyed it makes sense what she's saying and then watching Christina have to do it is so funny she's like so tightly wound and she's she just has like, no idea like what to do bursting like like the energy is like bursting out of her yes and she's like I have to do something 
And when she she's can, trying to so walk, funny. run, yes. when she gets the page at the end, it's Perfect. hilarious. Perfectly played. Like, that's a perfect summation of what she's trying to do this episode. And it's and believable. She, I believe And she it. goes in and she's like, you paged? And yes, I can do that right now. And then she just like has a, such a big, like happy smile when she leaves the OR because she's like, she feels like she's getting in and, and getting back into the good graces. And she's actually going to be like back on her cardio um, path. So Hopefully. it's just a nice moment of victory for her. Can you help clarify something for me with that scene? I can try. The The thing that Han asked Christina to get, is it what mm. Christina originally tried bringing to her earlier? No. Okay. Because when she brought, she said, oh, I have all of the, I, 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 maybe she may have said x-rays, like, but I. Yeah. But, and then. Well, she was like, I had all the films or whatever for the, the things tomorrow. But this was for Marcus and he was an emergent surgery. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, right, so they right. didn't have that. But that yes. was what I was trying to think of, of. Oh, you know, I thought that was why the smile was even bigger. It was, I was right. And Han <laughs> is like subtly acknowledging that I was right. Yeah. But yeah, good for her. Not a lot of screen time, but no. impactful screen time, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, she did have that one scene with Callie and they were sitting at lunch. And she kind of spills the Izzy <laughs> and George tea, which is. Yes. Just very funny that it came from her. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I, I love that Bailey's like, yeah, listen, I'll I'll put you on this rotation. I'll put you with Han, but like, don't fuck mm-hmm. it up. You've got one chance. One chance. On you. Yeah. And it um, seems like Christina's going to take it. She's not so throwing away her shot. On the notion of uh, Christina gossiping with Callie, to me, the title of this episode is like about how, yeah, you're not in high school anymore, but like there's still all this drama. There's still all the gossip. There's still like, Oh, I told you, but I told you not to tell anybody. And there are things that I get the metaphor now. Yes. You're welcome. Um, so like the end at the beginning when Bailey tells everyone to grow up, which is something she could use herself in this episode. Yes. Um, but like, I think there's just kind of that, it just is a mirror image of the things that a lot of times adults are like, Oh, it gets better out of high school, which I do think it gets better to the extent of like, hopefully you care so much less later on in life about what other people think of you. And I do get annoyed when people talk about clicks and things being clicky, because a lot of times I'm like, that's just people having their friends and that's fine. I don't understand why like, like you just, you have friends at work and that's fine. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You, you, sh- you should be able to work well with everybody, but you don't have to be yes. friends with everybody. And I don't think that is a click. The term click, it just annoys me a little bit, but, um, and I remember like in high school, like senior every year at the beginning of the year, the, the classes go on like a one day overnight retreat and senior year, we like have our overnight retreat and they're putting us in groups and they're like, play icebreaker games. We've been in the same classes with these people for like seven years. <laughs> we know who our friends are. Like, yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. We all like, there was no animosity or like hatred, but at that point you just like, you're settled in your friend group. Right. And we it's- were again, lucky where you didn't have people like being shitty and like whispering and starting shit between being like, Oh, that person's such a freak or loner or whatever. But you just have your friends and that's fine. <laughs> I worked at one job where the clicks, 
and this is not anywhere, no, nowhere, in, nowhere in Florida, just for the record to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at a job here in the Chicagoland area, and it was very, it had this perception of being very clicky. Because in one building, all the departments existed in within the building, and then each building has its own region. And then within the regions, there were, you know, friendship groups, for sure. But the thing that I never understood about clicks is if you're just outgoing enough and you take the time to say, hey, I'm going to sit down with you today. Or, hey, uh, you know, you you build bridges with people. Mm-hmm. You, you talk to them as people. Clicks yeah. really don't mean anything. And it's to your point, Kelsey, it is. They're just friendship groups. It's just They're people that you friends. have shared yeah. interests with and you align with their outlooks on things. You think that their jokes are funny. Like, that's okay. When they become yeah. what we saw last episode of the episode before where it becomes kind of like a boys club and Han mm-hmm. has to break down the gentleman's evening thing and say, I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking coming. Uh, that's, that's kind of, I think, where it can get negative. But clicks? Who fucking cares? Yeah. Forever young, you know? Yeah. Um, that's anyways, that's what I took the title and the kind of the whole constantly like, Oh, yeah. things get better. Things get better, which to an extent they do for the most part, I will say there are always going to be shitty people. There just are. Of going course to be. there are. I don't know why, but there are shitty people. Like I have, I am a harsh person, but I don't make up lies about people. And I have had lies made up about me in a job setting that it, I, what I'm like, what is the point? Like whoever started this rumor, why? And it's always the same. The rumors are always like, so-and-so is sleeping with so-and-so. That's always the rumor. Do you know who they never had that rumor about? The person that I married. And I'm like, well, yeah. you guys are really dumb because the one time I was actually doing that, you didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all are stupid. Look at you but, now. Two kids in. Twins on the way. That's false. You're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, for yeah. now. For now. But yeah, yeah I, there are it, always going to be shitty people, but for the most part, I think people grow out of that and, f- and hopefully they don't even do it in the first place in high school. But right. unfortunately there are going to be people who do it, but hopefully again, they kind of grow out of it and uh, deal with their, their own issues on their own time and stop dragging other people into it. Yeah. And it's okay, like, I think there's a difference between being someone who is hard to get along with. I would actually put you in the category of someone who's hard to get along with. Not because you're not nice, but because, like, you just wouldn't go up and start a conversation with someone. If someone started a conversation... I might be hard to get to know, but I don't think I'm hard to get along with. That's, that's, sorry, that's a better, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. That's a better, I've always more articulate been that person of, where people tell me after they get to know me, they're like, I was so scared of you. And I'm like, why? Yeah. But also, <laughs> even when I didn't know you, you were never someone who I thought, oh, she wishes ill will on people. She wishes that that person walks down the stairs and actually breaks their leg. Like, yeah, I don't, you don't think that. And I think that's no. where the shittiness comes in. When when someone thinks they're better than someone or they wish actual harm or like yeah. poor health on someone, that's when you're <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Uh, anyways, no, yeah, you're right. You're not, you're not, you're, but you're great now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, after I got to know you, I was really scared to come talk to you in the beginning. After you got to know me, you were scared to come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. You know, I used to have, I, I, when I, when I did work at Disney, people used to tell me that I was very intimidating. It's just cause you're tall and you have a boisterous voice. 
No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. That's not I've me. never been loud a day in my life. <laughs> I'm, um, at full, I'm yelling right now. Anyways, and if anyone, if you're listening and you're in high school and things suck, I do apologize. And I know it's annoying when people tell you it gets better, but it does get better. But if you want to talk uh, more at length, you can message me. I am a stranger on the internet, but I will not pass judgment on you. And I will shit talk people if that's what will make you feel better. Yeah, we got <laughs> your back. I really learned the episode of this, the, the lesson of this episode. <laughs> shit talk yeah. people. Um, oh, goodness. Before we go on to our next topic, uh, we're going to take a quick, quick moment for our regional sponsors. And we'll be back after a couple of messages. And we are back. Hello. And we are going to do Shondaland. Ooh! Okay, so you have to like actually give me the full lead up, though. I can't just, I can't just manufacture and now that excitement. We will take a small break for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! I don't give a toot! <laughs> Carmen sent me a video where this guy was screaming, I don't give a toot. Like screaming it and was <laughs> said that that's how we should do Shondaland and I hated it. It was I the video itself was funny, but that part of the video was, <laughs> I hate it. every time the guy did it. I was like, I hate this part. Um, All right, anyways, who do we got guys, for this episode? Carmen's algorithm is wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have three people in Shondaland. It is two gentlemen and a lady. All right, uh, I know the lady is Rose. It is, yes. Because she uh, interviews Melly and Fitz in mm-hmm. Scandal. Yes. Uh, two dudes. One of them is Gimme Marcus. Yep. He's also in Suits, so he has a connection with Catherine Heigl as well. Uh, and then the third one is... Thatcher. Just kidding. Uh, Danny, the pencil in the eye kid. Fuck yes! He did it, guys. Very rarely do I get that all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. So, Marcus. Oh, wait. That's not the graduating Shondaland. (laughs) What's what's the Academy Awards song where they pull you off stage and they start playing the music? (laughs) Dun 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 dun. Living um, in Chandelier. So DB Woodside played Marcus. He was in two episodes of Private Practice. Oh. Lauren Stamil Stamil Stamale plays Rose. She is in three episodes of Scandal. And Stephen Sowen played Danny Metcalf, and he was in one episode of Private Practice. I also feel so like there you go. Lauren Lauren Stamil was in something else that I know. S T A M I L E. Yeah, I'm looking her up on IMDb right now. She is also. Can I just say, gorgeous, very pretty, very pretty, so like that, pretty, like very classic. Yeah. Pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like any, you could drop her in any time period, and people are going to be like, "That's a very gorgeous woman." Burn notice. Another USA Network show. Oh my god, you alone. <laughs> Um, and Scrubs. Oh, she was in an episode of Scrubs. Look at that. And Royal Pains. She is all over USA <laughs> Network. Don't look at her thing, though, for Grace. I don't want you to see if she's in more episodes. Oh, or if okay. She's sorry. Not. Sorry. Wait, is she in Royal Pains? Was she in Royal Pains? Maybe not. I thought she was. I thought I saw Royal Pains somewhere there. 
Anyways, okay, I'm not looking at Grace. I'm not looking at it. Okay. Okay. Um. So well, we'll talk about Rose. What are we talking about? Anything else important? We'll talk about Rose. Uh, no. Uh, Christina and Han. Any last, yeah. final thoughts on no, Christina and Han? No, I think we we did a good job with that. Han is just funny though. Just for she the record, fun. Han is like she's when she she calls it the way she way it is, mm-hmm. and it's she's she's a hard ass, but in like a good way. I wish she wouldn't do so much of the hard assing in front of patients. Yeah. Like when she calls Bailey a blithering idiot right in front mm-hmm. of Marcus and George, it's a bit harsh. It's funny, but it's harsh. It's what George was thinking. Oh yeah. For, oh, for sure. George also had a fucking, fucking hilarious episode. Yeah. It's a good um, episode for George. But yeah, she, and then she calls Bailey out in the middle of the surgery and she's like, well, you should have been running tests. Instead you were flirting like a little teenage girl. Yeah, uh, which so, if she had just said like maybe that's true i could have done it but maybe you could have done it too then you can say that honestly like that's yes. i think that call out is fine but you don't need to throw in like the blithering idiot or yeah. the flirting like a teenage girl comment part in my opinion yeah i agree um uh yeah that's yeah, all that's episode. all i got for han and christina is, yeah yeah i want to I, I want to see christina continue to work with han i think han has a lot that she can teach christina Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, who who else shall we discuss? I think we should leave uh, the the Derek and Bailey scene for the end, mm-hmm. the Meredith and Lexi scene. I think we should wait a little bit. Let's talk about more. Uh, we haven't talked too much about the Marcus and Bailey thing. Let's talk about Marcus yes. and Bailey while we're at it. Okay. So Marcus and Bailey went to high school together. Marcus was on the football team, and Bailey was a little baby band nerd who he took advantage of, and basically. I'm not going to say he bullied her into doing his homework because he, I don't believe that he bullied her, but he took emotionally manipulated her for sure. He absolutely knew that she had a crush on him and probably like did the exact same bullshit today where he was like, Oh, my mom thanks you. My dad thanks you. Can you do my paperwork for me? And then falls asleep right in front of her. Yeah. Such bullshit. Um, uh, it's the same thing. And, you know, she says that it didn't even occur to him to like ask her to homecoming. And she obviously in her mind at that time had it built up like, Oh, he probably was going to ask her to homecoming. Like, of course, why wouldn't he? And then obviously he didn't. Um, He is like, I don't like this person. This is the kind of person where I'm like, you peaked in high school. You absolutely. Yeah. You are the same person that you were in high school, but he, so he was the bus driver, right? Yes. So no disrespect to bus drivers. Well, I also think that he is maybe a teacher, but he was driving the oh, bus. I couldn't okay. get a that read on sense. it because I was looking th- looking out at that as well. Um, because he was like, I was taking the kids to go tour colleges. Um, so I I was confused on that. Maybe a guidance well. counselor of some sort, maybe. Yeah, but also it is weird that they would have a, a teacher maybe driving the bus. So I agree with what you your sentiment though like obviously between the two of them it does seem like maybe she's been more successful in her field but we don't really know that for sure so hard to say but if you can write a stereotypical high school peaked kind of story again Mm -hmm. no disrespect to anyone but the the starting quarterback who ends up being a bus driver in the town and people are you know they wave to him and they say oh hey how's it going and it's their kids who are on the bus now but the kid has you know he's done nothing with his life Yeah. Um, And then it's like in Friends when Monica is in love with that guy, Chip, and then she gets to go on a date with him and he like has the same job he had in high school. 
Why don't do you remember, remember that? that? Um, Why don't I? What was the job? He w- he worked at the movie theater. He oh, had. I don't, I don't remember that. Uh, he had a motorcycle and he was a chipper because your name is Chip and it's a chopper. Um, it was the guy who like br- like bailed on Rachel at prom to go have sex with some other girl. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's right after. Ross I remember and that. Break up. I just don't remember that episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I'll sh- tell it to you later. Um, so yes. Marcus My initial reaction sucks. when they when they started seeing each other was that they boned. Yeah. That was my initial like, because he's like, oh, Mandy, Marcus, what? And then they, I, I thought they fucked. I thought they fucked for sure. And they did not. Yeah. It's the opposite no. of fucked. Also, George's chit chats with Bailey in this episode are peak. They're so good. They're really so good. good. I loved at the end when he was like, he needs a long speech. You march in there and you give him a long speech. And then she just can't do it. She can't break out of that. And then again, it goes with the forever young. Like there are people that like you're going to fall back into patterns with when you're with those people, regardless of how much you've yeah. changed. Like it's just easy to fall back into. I was actually thinking about this. It's really weird living here again after being gone. Like I moved to college when I was 18 and then I moved to Orlando when I graduated college. So like the last time I was driving around here, I was like 16, 17. So like there are certain places when I drive through and I'm like, I really need to listen to fallout boy right now. Because, like, I used to drive around these roads and, like, listen to Fall Out Boy all the time. So I'm like, I really need to listen to this song because I have the, like, distinct memory of driving around here listening to this song. Do I listen to that music, like, all the time now? No. I mean, I yes. don't dislike it. Oh. But it's not, like, my personality now the way that it was when I was 15, 16, 17. So it's just funny to fall back into that kind of. I get that. For sure. There's even moving. So I've, I, I left for what, four, right around four years, three, four years, four years. And, uh, now being back, it's definitely, I, I get it. It's the same thing. When I get to talk to any of my old, old bros from high school, if we're all together and there's a couple, there's like very few that I actually see, <laughs> um, that I would consider true bros. But like, even then, like some of the, ju- it's, it's a lot of reminiscing. It's a lot of, yeah. we, we think back, we tell, we tell the same exact stories and it's fun uh, because we don't get to see each other often. But yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll just be on a certain street and I'm like, Oh man, I need to fucking lift, listen to some angels and airwaves right now. Mm-hmm. Like I need to fucking do this shit. Um, yeah. with, with the Marcus storyline, there was, um, I don't know what exactly scene it was, scene it was with, uh, I think it was when he goes to hold her hand, and uh, George is like, I need to leave. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> he sees that and he's like, oh, yeah. got to get up. Nope, gotta this go. is not for me. <laughs> not for George. Where is the door? <laughs> but then he oh, like lingers out gosh. and listens. And that's when he gets mad. He gets like, he's like, he's pr- trying to protect Bailey. He like wants to push her back into being the Bailey that he knows. And she doesn't yeah. like, she's like, no, let me be this high school girl like flirting with this boy who i have a crush on which I is fine all the time i do like all the time yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that's funny i'm hit you're not the boss of me i'm his boss that and that's good those are good one-liners and i'm and i'm mm-hmm. ha- we we love bailey on this show this is a this the gray's academy is a big fan of bailey Absolutely, uh, but the this this some of these things that she was doing were not the best versions of herself, and it's okay. Yeah. And even Weber calls her out. He's like, "Hey, what's uh, what's up? What you doing? Those yeah. patient forms, patient does them. Yeah, bitch, the fuck. Yeah, who who what? Hey, uh, you have your own shit to do. 
I just uh, gave you a new job. Yeah. Fuck. I fired Callie, remember? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So let's go ahead and get into the Bailey and Derek Let's do it at the end. Bailey gives the long speech that is necessary, that is for sure geared towards Marcus, but she can't give it to him because she can't like break that mindset. Like when she's with him, she like reverts back to that. So she can't say all these things that she can say to anybody else. So Derek, bless Derek, little heart in this moment, (laughs) say he's walking by. Good night, Bailey. Sit down. Oh my. (laughs) I bet in his mind, like they're, they're, they're saying, they're, they're, they're saying, Hey, uh, Patrick, come here, come here, Pat, buddy. We gotta, we gotta talk to you. (laughs) Here's your motivation in your head. You need to think of all the things that you possibly could have done wrong in this moment. Okay. All right. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, but that's for sure. The look he has on his face. That's what I'd be doing. Shit. Bailey told me to sit down. It's Bailey. Yeah. She's Bailey. She's not fucking around. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. It's a heartbreaking moment where we get a lot of insight into both of their backstory. Very quickly, a lot in a short amount of time. I love it. Um, Bailey. I mean, and she says, she's like, I am a successful mother and doctor. I am the chief resident and I saved this man's life today. And he still doesn't see me as a person. He sees me as something basically like he can use to, to get stuff done. Goosebumps. Goosebumps yeah. when I when when she said that. Yeah. And I have it here. I'm going to read part of it. I may as well still be that high school girl with the mushroom haircut and the Coke bottle glasses and the band uniform. The girl who didn't get to go to homecoming dance because it didn't even occur to him to ask me all those late nights tutoring him and it didn't even occur to him to ask. And that's when Derek's like, band uniform, really? And she says, do I look like I want to be mocked by you? And he says, this is, this is you guys, like this, my heart goes out to Derek in this moment. I actually love Derek. I genuinely love him in this moment. No, you don't. I'm just going to say one thing. In high school, I was 110 pounds and I hadn't yet figured out hair product. So I had a big Afro and I had acne and I too wore a band uniform. Sex. And then Bailey says oboe and he said, and I would have been honored to take a girl like you to homecoming. You guys, that's adorable. And I believe him. I do too. Again. Okay. All right. I want to take a quick side conversation because I think that we get a lot of the Derek hatred and the Derek Stan isms. (laughs) There's no in between. You hate Derek or you love Derek, I feel like. And in this moment, I think that we can, as viewers, recognize the Derek who's not romantically involved with someone. Mm -hmm. We stand. We stand non-romantic Derek. Yeah. Derek individual. Individual. Derek the doctor for the most part. Derek the person. Derek the friend. We stand. Derek. Derek, the boyfriend, the Derek, boyfriend? the husband, terrible, garbage, garbage. trash, <laughs> garbage, can. human being, but Absolute yeah, cannot stand him. I, I hope that Patrick Dempsey in high school, he pulled on real memories for this scene because it's believable. It's genuine. And I think it's, it's one of those things where I don't remember what Bailey exactly said, um, She's going to like uh, say, a girl, who, who, why would a girl, he would take out a girl like me? 
Does he say that about? Does he say that about Marcus or something in the beginning? Um, Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But anyways, it's just it's a good moment for Derek. And I oh, guys it. like you don't see people like me. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. And she's got so much, so much good in her life. So much, so many accomplishments. And we see her as a queen. And it's just even people who have it all can still have those insecurities, which is tough. You know? Okay. He doesn't have acne, but he has a fro. <laughs> that I think it's is great. Baby Patrick Dempsey. Although that is peak 80s, though. So that's not. That really is 80s, like. yeah. Um, yeah, guys, if you Google Patrick Dempsey High School, like the fourth picture is him with an afro. But a lot, all the other ones are just like a wildly attractive young gentleman. So, yeah. Um, but he is a little scrawny. So, no. I'm also going to say this, and this is no hatred to oboe players out there. Bailey could not her if she didn't actually play oboe and this is all character writing the writers could not have picked a more uh ugly sounding instrument to give Bailey the oboe is just a not an attractive sounding instrument it's not like a flute it's not a harp it's not a saxophone it's not uh you know like a clarinet it's a fucking oboe Ugh, I hated the oboes. The oboes in my school and my ensemble always squeaked. So, anyways, no offense to oboe players, to bassoon players, any other woodwind instruments. I'm sure you guys are great. But the oboe is just such an unattractively sounding instrument. I just think guitars sound so bad. It's true, especially (laughs) when they have, like, uh, when they're white and and gold. Or if they're pink and gold, yeah. If they're Gretches or if they're Fenders, ugh, terrible. Don't even get me started on those Taylors, ugh. Um, okay, so that's a great scene. I love yes. it. Okay, Thatcher and Meredith. Thatcher's drunk. Who do you think Thatcher was actually looking for? He didn't, whoever. The first one to show up, he would have said the same thing to. Yeah, because he's just saying, Dr. Gray, she's a girl. I want my daughter. He doesn't say anything specific. Alex tries to get Lexi first. Lexi blows him off straight up. Like he, I, I, I no fault to Alex in this episode, to, in my opinion. She is like not here to hear about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, fine, then I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm, I have other, I, I have a job and this is not it. So he pages Meredith. And unfortunately she, it does not go well. She Thatcher saying all these very nice things. He regrets not knowing her. He's so proud of her. He's like so glad that she's so strong, even though she's been through so much, all this stuff. And then she, now what I don't like is what Meredith says to Lexi when she's like, maybe you should think about keeping a better eye on him. Mm, it's not her responsibility yeah. to take care of a grown adult. Um, yeah. So I didn't like that. And good for Lexi for standing up when she's like, you know what? It's not my mom's birthday. He's a fucking liar. He's a drunk. And like, these are all the things he says to me. And, you know, she regurgitates all the stuff that he said to Meredith. So none of it's sincere, basically, is what we're learning, Um, which is a shitty moment for Meredith because she was having a nice time with drunk Thatcher. Um, So it's kind of a bummer for her to realize that it's all lies and bullshit. Yeah. 
uh, I feel for Lexi, you know, as far as we know, she is still living with him and this is her reality. She says last week he wrote me a check for $20,000. Yesterday I was an ungrateful bitch. Today I'm his favorite daughter, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you've ever known or like had close relationships with people who battle addiction, there's an unpredictability and an instability, obviously in their relationship with the people in their lives. And they can say they can be just as, um, zero to a hundred as Thatcher is portrayed in this episode. Um, so, you know, it's just something where you feel for her. You all, I mean, I feel bad for Thatcher, you know, his wife had the hiccups and then she died. I, people fall into addiction in different ways. And if he's becoming an alcoholic because he doesn't know how to deal with the grief of losing his wife, that's terrible. And that's a reality that people face. Um, Meredith is a little too cavalier about it, in my opinion, when she goes to talk to Lexi. So it, I think it's right for Lexi to kind of put her in her place and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You are not in this situation the way I am in this situation. Also, this goes back to last episode or two episodes ago when Alex was like, you don't, you say you don't care, but then you get all in it. That's kind of where Meredith is in this one. Like she right. says she doesn't care, but then she's walking around. Like she has all this knowledge that she's going to impart on Lexi on how to like have her family. So I don't know. I thought it was a good, the, the arc of it was written. Well, it played yeah. out in a way that made sense. Yeah. And here's the thing while watching this, when you see the scene where Thatcher says, uh, I'm a lifetime worth of proud or whatever the exact mm-hmm. quote is. I think that's almost the exact quote, but yeah. I'm a lifetime's worth of proud. It makes you think for a split second that, that Thatcher did want Meredith. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It seems genuine. It the, seems the genuine. The first time we see it, but then Lexi right. explains it and you're like, oh and shit. Yeah. It gets, it goes south real quick. And, Meredith of all people should know that things aren't what they seem on the, the outside. So she says when she does say to keep an eye on him and, you know, keep your dad on his leash, it it comes Mm. across very condescending. It's not fair. Uh, and, and you, you have, there's two, I think very pivotal points of their interaction. It's number one, when Lexi hears Meredith say that, you know, with it being Susan's birthday and everything. And she looks up and she kind of scoffs and she, that sets her off. Right. Yeah. And then the look in Meredith's eyes when Lexi takes everything away and she says the lifetime's worth of proud Mm -hmm. and you see her heart fall into her stomach through her eyes. Yeah. Um, I think those are the two big nonverbal pieces of that conversation. That is just a real bummer. And I also, I had to rewatch this twice because initially I thought, Lexi, you're being a bitch for stealing this happiness away from Meredith. But she is not the happiness thief in this scenario. It is Thatcher. Also, Thatcher, she doesn't know that Thatcher said that. Right. She's she literally just saying things exactly. that he said to her. And that's why I had to go. Because I was like, man, Lexi, like fucking give Meredith her moment. But she didn't know that. There wasn't that lead up. We don't. She doesn't say, you know, she, I guess she said, hey, like he was pretty charming. Yeah, she does yeah. say that. Uh, but anyways, so she kind of steals it, but then I'm like, no, because Mer- just Thatcher, just don't be a fucking garbage dad. But to your point, the addiction, it's unpredictable and it's, and it's, it's, it's truly a disease. It's, it's, it's not something that everyone can get over, but then you have this Weber follow up afterwards and he's there for her, which is nice. And you get yeah. a little bit of insight say when he's like, I promised your mom I'd take, take care of you. 
Yeah, I know I, think I don't, he's I know I don't her, have to, but, but I do. Too, he's not being too overbearing. Exactly. But he is being there for her, um, which uh, we like. Yeah. And then if I can, just to kind of put a bow on this, and if there's anything else that you want to add, obviously please do, but you have that end scene with Alex and Lexi in the elevator oh, where yes. Alex is like, I don't fucking do this drama. I don't do this. He shit. He said, she said, I don't talk about this, whatever. And Lexi's like, dude, it wasn't that this mm-hmm. was family. This was a private matter. And that could go, that could have gone one of two ways for Alex in response. And he goes and he's like, look, your dad's a drunk fucking boo hoo. You yep. got till you're 24. You know how long I got seven. Yep. Seven years old. I was cleaning my dad up. Mm-hmm. You got 24 years. Good for fucking you. Congratulations. Hooray, hooray. And it's powerful. Is he a dick? Yes. But also, Lexi was being a little self-involved. He tried. He tried he did try. to, to get he Lexi first. He tried not to involve Meredith, and Lexi blew him off. Yeah. And so... Like he did his part and then the way she treats him is like that he went out of his way to like bring Thatcher into the hospital and then bring Meredith over and be like, look at their bullshit. Yeah, that's not what happened. And I I mean, if I'm sure that situation was triggering to him, if he, you know, has had the situation where he has been cleaning up after a drunk dad from when he was seven years old, he's not going to then baby her because now she's having to do it. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, this is not my job. I have a job and it is not this. I am sure that if it was a seven-year-old kid and a drunk dad, Alex is going to be right there to be the most yeah. empathetic person in the world. She's a she's an adult. Mm-hmm. She got three lifetimes more mm-hmm. or two lifetimes more worth yeah. compared to what seven-year-old Alex got. Yeah. And you know what? And they both ended up in the same place. Clearly, she had a bit easier time getting there. Yeah. And look so, at him now. Yeah. Was there any... I, I know I kind of wrapped up three three scenes and three kind of little mini arcs into that one, but I, yeah, I thought it good. flowed good. Any other points that you want to make with the Weber or the Alex or the Meredith Lexi thing before we move on to the next ones? No, I don't think so. I think uh, really all we have left is the George and Izzy of it all. Yes. And then uh, is... I'm just trying to think, is there anything else you want to talk about with, um, uh, with, with Danny pencil, pencil eye guy? I mean, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Marissa. We talked, yeah, I think we talked enough about that. That's, that's yeah, we talked on that. I cool. feel bad for his parents who have to drive four hours away to be told that their child is in a coma for the rest of his life. Um, again, not understanding the difference between coma and brain dead, but still, okay, well, sad. When you're brain dead, your brain is no well, longer functioning. Sorry. Yes. I don't understand how you can t- you can guarantee someone's going to be in a coma for the rest of their life without that I them don't. being brain dead. I mean, you dead. can probably say meant. it's likely, but my thing is, like, remember in, like, season one or two when that guy, like, fell out of his bed at his nursing home and then came in and he woke up after, like, 13 years of being in a coma? Do you remember that episode? vaguely i need to rewatch this show (laughs) already um so yeah i don't know how they can say it definitively they can probably say oh it's really likely but it is interesting to me that i mean there is a difference that's why i always am like very clear if i am in a coma 
wait and see if there's any improvement. If I am brain dead, you can donate my organs. I yeah. am not using them. My brain is dead. How much, the how much time that is a human is dead. What's the minimum you need as on, on a coma for mm, yourself? I'd say kind of maybe like feel out what the doctor says, but if they say like, Oh, we'll know by X day for sure. Then go to X day. If they say, Hey, we can try things that might work and we'll try it for like a year then try it for a year. I think it's just hard to say definitively it's one way or another. Cause I think every scenario is probably different, but I'm not a doctor for legal purposes. We do need to say we're not a doctor, but I am we together are not cumulative <laughs> one doctor. We are geniuses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm saying a year, a year for me too. Yeah. I feel like if, if it, if nothing has changed in a year, then you, it's probably done. Also, I don't want people to be like going into debt, if I'm at some like very expensive facility where they have to care for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. At a certain point, the hospitals just need to write those coma patients off. Just write it off. It's a tax write-off. It's a tax write-off. Who Uh, pays for it? The write-off guys. Okay. um, Are you, are you quoting Seinfeld to me right now? No, I'm quite quoting Schitt's Creek. Oh, that's almost word for word. (laughs) A Seinfeld scene. Oh, well, have you seen Schitt's Creek? I've seen some of it. Jessica and I started watching it and then we it's were like, so funny. It's a good show. It's very funny. But the problem is, is that we watched how to get away with murder. And then now we're watching scandal and I yeah. need to start watching private fucking practice. Yeah. We really got to get I on have that. no time. I have, and I have a job in two weeks. Uh, I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah we got to really haul ass on that. Uh, okay. Shit. Um, George and Izzy, the sex is bad. They won't talk about it. They didn't talk about it last week. We touched on it last episode that they were just talking. They were just saying we have bad sex, but they weren't like communicating any of the like. No root causes were being the source of the issue. Yes. Yeah. And they try and communicate a little bit more in this episode. It doesn't to me feel like uh, there's any closure. It feels like they both are just like, I miss being able to talk to you about my problems but I can't talk to you because you are my problem. <laughs> so, um, which is just a marriage. I, talk I, to them. <laughs> just t- tell them. I appreciate that. They are trying to have a conversation. It to me still does not feel like they have solved a problem. Uh, obviously with Izzy in the Danny and Marissa scenario, she does say you just lost your best friend. It's the worst feeling in the world. She is thinking of George, maybe also of Denny. I don't know, but she is thinking of like the loss of her friendship relationship with George. I anyways. Oh my God. Wait, we have to talk about this. That they say more than once that George and Izzy have been together a week. It has been four episodes since everyone found out they are together. What, how does time work in Seattle grace? Yeah, what that's the actual I actually didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't catch that. They say it more than once that they have been together one week. Exactly. So and then last episode was like multiple days. And but it's been four episodes since the whole like I'm going to fight you in the cafeteria. Yeah, that's so I assume that's when it's everyone like I don't know. Anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> One week in Grey's Anatomy time. But, you know, the next two episodes take place over uh, a year and a half. Did you know that? I did not because it's not true. You're right. That is a Um, fake fact. But the next two episodes are two parts, so we'll have to figure that out. Um, On on the topic of the best friend scene, 
Mm-hmm. On, the, on the topic of the best friend scene, I think Izzy has a really, really good scene there. And it's yes. it's one of those scenes that's good enough. It's very similar to Derek. I think that we could we could say that Izzy, while she's not the most uh she's not like a Christina when it comes to surgery from like an intellect standpoint. I'm trying to think of the words that I want to use, but I'm trying to equate to it the best I can. But she's still got so much empathy and care mm-hmm. for her patients that makes her a good doctor. Bedside yeah. manner, second to none at times. And she goes out and she's and this, this what's, what's her name, Marissa? She's mm-hmm. like, you have no idea what it's like, blah, blah, blah. I bet you were the prom queen or whatever. And Izzy was like, I had garbage clothes. I was pregnant at 15. I was shunned. I was put in the pregnant girl school classes Mm -hmm. which i have never even heard of and she's like and i'm from the trailer park like sure this is what you see now yeah but that wasn't always like this i get what you're going through i get the same as um what derek was saying like this is who i've become but like just looking at me now you don't know what i've what i was or what i've overcome or how i got here or who i was before so yeah and then she kicks those two little vultures out. Says, yep. get out of here. I don't want to hear about uh, you writing stories about how sad it was. Don't write them a letter. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. George I did Izzy. like that she threw them out. Yes. Yeah. Get out of here. Best George scene comedic wise. When she goes, oh, I, I, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll need my, I'll need my key back. Because we're broken you know up, I right? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and, what he says. Yeah. yeah. And then she just, she they, they get to the conclusion that they both talk to Meredith. And she's like, well, you talk to her first. Then she storms away. And George is like holding his bag of popcorn or <laughs> chips or whatever. And he's like standing on the stairs like, I, okay. uh, <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I also good. Love, love when he tells Bailey, he's like, you know what he needs? A long speech. You march in there and you give him a long speech. I like that. And. I just love him and Bailey in this. And he's like, can you just, are you maybe being a bad at your job today because of this man? (laughs) Yeah. You can also see that he like wants to park punch Marcus in the face to like protect Bailey, but he can't. Especially because he didn't pass his intern exam. Mm -hmm. He, he's got really good physical comedy chops. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, I don't know if there's any really any any more to talk about. They have that kind of weird so. scene at the end where they're like That's the one where they're like, "Oh, I miss my best friend." But there's no resolution. They both are just like, "You're the problem and I'm the problem and we are a problem, but we can't talk about it because we are each other's problems and we are who we talk to about our problems." I'm like, "I don't whatever. You know, you know that you just is bad cuz they have no chemistry." Well, the problem is, is that they solved the problem out, out, out loud. They're just too dumb to realize it. <laughs> you are the one that I talked to about my problems and you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about it. You fucking dummy dummies. I thought they were going to break up at that, at that scene though. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it was going. So, uh, anything else? I think that's, I think I got all of my notes. I think it's everything I wanted yeah. to cover. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Meredith. we got everything. Meredith and Christina, by the way, I think we didn't, we didn't talk about this, but them sitting together in the beginning of the episode, watching Sydney and Derek, that's just kind of funny. Oh yeah. And Sydney, Sydney, Maybe oh, she's dying. 
the end scene. The end oh, scene. Yeah. <laughs> so Sydney fucking breaks up with Derek. <laughs> they have one drink together, and she's like, I am too much for you, and you don't bring anything to the table. I bring home the bacon, I fry it up in the pan, serve it with some eggs, crumpled up on a cob salad. I love her. <laughs> Derek's like, I, you do a if, lot with the bacon. Sydney, <laughs> exactly. If Sydney in that scene was Sydney, like that whole, I would like her so much more. Like, good for her. Like, know your yeah. worth and add tax. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about Sydney in this ep. Um, yeah. Also, though, I will say props to Derek because he could have been a huge turd and been like, girl, I don't like you. But he just was like, you know what? Thank you, Sydney. I appreciate you're on. Thanks for giving me a chance. I just, and just gives her a handshake and they're like, yeah. all right. She's like, I, I hope do this doesn't it. ruin our professional relationship. And he's like, I think I can manage. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I did hate when he went up and was like, all right, Meredith, let's go fuck. I don't like that, but that's yeah. fine. And then I'm Rose really, really done sees with him and gives oh, yeah, him like this really cheers. Talk about Rose. Yeah, we, let's, let's, let's talk about Rose. So she cheers him. She gives him like this mm-hmm. little cheers and he, she head nods and then they leave. Mm. I, I'm okay if Derek dates Rose for a little bit. Like, I wouldn't hate that. But like, Rose, after seeing that, has to know what she's getting herself into. I don't um, know. Yeah. That's my thing is like, she's, well, she's in the OR and she laughs because she's like, oh, the hospital's clicky, whatever. We already talked about that. Um, and then Derek apologizes for not like recognizing her. And she's like, Oh, we've been in 36 surgeries together. I am not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. I don't know how this works. It seems every time they show an OR, there are a lot of people in there. Is it unreasonable for the surgeon not to know everybody? I really don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like it would be unreasonable to not know absolutely every single person. However, she does make it seem like if she's on his service all the time, I do feel like maybe he should know who she is, but I don't know. Yeah, she's not like a raging bitch about it. She just kind of says it like a matter of fact, like, oh, he's like, oh, I should have known you from the one surgery we did today. She's like, cool, we've done thirty six. Um, bye. Yeah. So savage. Yeah, she, but she's not like really mean about it. She's just this kind of like, well, this is the reality. So here you go. Here are the facts. Yeah, and and good for her for like not falling into the Derek charm of mm-hmm. you're good looking, so I'm gonna forgive you. It it is creating an interesting dynamic because that scene where Mark walks up and he's like, "Oh yeah, getting back on the horse, getting back out there," mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, Dad, let's go get a drink." Uh, yeah, you know, that's it's so good. I it's so funny. But yeah, it's uh, I I don't know, I. All of my beef with Derek and Meredith was when he was still married to Addison. So now I want them to be together, but not because I think they're good together. Mm -hmm. They just, I think, deserve each other in a good way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they want to be together and that's fine. I want them to be together, but I want them to be together in an emotionally healthy way. And they're not in a place where that they can be that. However, what bothers me about this, and I will say this, I think is a flaw of the show and not necessarily the flaw of Derek's character. They write the show as if only Meredith needs help to be ready for this relationship. Derek has problems. Derek did not tell her about Addison and there is a reason that he needs to figure that out with and deal with it. Um, I don't know. Anyways, so that's a whole other thing, though. But 
overall good episode for Derek, in my opinion. I hated him minimally. Which is good. It did, it did end on me hating him <laughs> because he left with Meredith. But, but he held uh, hands with her, which means he yeah. cares. He does care about her. I do believe that, but I don't know. It is what it is. They have problems. Let's talk about... Do you want to rate first? Let's rate it. Rate this Let's episode. rate it. You go first. You go first. All right. I'm giving this episode a resident point four one two. Hmm. It wasn't good enough to be a three point five. It wasn't bad enough to be a three. I think there's a lot of good pieces about it, but it was just it's just an episode. There, like, there was no no bombs. And yeah, but there's a pencil in someone's eyeball. There is, but I didn't like that. That actually took it down. <laughs> you like the bomb? That's bad. <laughs> Someone died. You Someone, killed him. I did. I did. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need to rewatch those two episodes again. Yeah. Uh, in seven years, when we do the rewatch of this, so <laughs> yeah, three point four one two. It's fine. It's just okay. Nothing We're dramatic far today. Ooh, what'd you give it a today. one? No. A five? I gave it a four. Wow. That's it's a fellow. I think it's a good, it's off. just such a big deal to me that I, that it's a good episode for Derek and George. I also, I really enjoy, I, I feel like this is going to make me sound pretentious, but I really enjoy when there's like the mirroring of everyone being like, oh, this is high school and you grow out of it, but they're all still doing the same thing. I like that kind of reflection and reality portrayed and i think they did a pretty good job portraying it because they're not again they're not like starting rumors and like saying people are sleeping together when they're not but they are doing the like oh i told you that and i told you not to tell anybody but now you're telling everybody and like people do that like we tell each other things in confidence all in, in confidence all the time and it's not necessarily that we're like making up lies about our friends it's just like oh did you hear that so and so did this to so and so or like can you believe this happened or like what do you think about this or whatever so I think that's just a reality of like having friends uh, is that you talk to them. And sometimes you talk about your other friends, like it's fine. Um, anyways, so I just think it's a good episode and I like George in it. I like Derek in it. So that's just to me a, a monumental occasion that needs to be recognized. I love Derek and Mark in this episode. I like we'll ending with Sydney. That's so funny to me. It's I like really when good. Lexi puts Meredith in her place. I like Alex's little one liner where you're finding out more about his backstory. And anytime when someone's quote unquote mean in this episode, I think it's fully justified. So I will me, say it's that a good episode. Those are all positive things. If I'm going off of character development, this episode, I think is closer to a four mm-hmm. uh, for me, but I am including the drama aspect and there was just no drama. There was no, yeah, I don't need like a big Thatcher coming in was pretty dramatic. I would say I don't need like a big medical crisis for me to have, to have, because I think I can think of episodes where I think like big medical crises do happen and I'm not like, wow, that's a five. So I don't know. We'll see as we move forward. If, if your requirements of judgment change, let's predict things. Do it. George, what do you see? Uh, I think that they're actually going to, they're going to fall into place. I think that they're going to snap out. I, I don't know what their end goal is. And I wish I knew it in the writer's room. What's the fucking end goal here? Right? Mm -hmm. Because they write her off the show eventually. I know that spoiler alert, whatever. Uh, but I think that the end scene here was a little bit of a realization and they need to figure their shit out of, okay, well we just need to figure out how to talk to each other. 
Or maybe they say, let's create a boundary, a safe space where this is the relationship we sexy time. talk each other. Yeah. And then this is the best friend conversation. So I, I, I don't know. I am, I'm rooting for them, but I, I think whatever I said last time of they're going to be broken up before the end of this season, I think I, I hold to that. If I didn't say that last episode, I'm predicting that they will not be together by the end of this season. Okay. Um, Derek and Meredith. Um, I think Rose is going to give Meredith a little bit of a run for her money. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got. That's all I got right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's really the only things worth predicting right now. I mean, you said that you think Christina will be back with Han for a little while. I think she's going to be able to calm yeah. it down and get in her good graces and, and figure her shit out. Yeah. You said that Callie's going to leave the show because she was demoted. Yeah, eventually. By season 19, she'll leave the show because okay. she was demoted. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think I have any other questions for people. Well, um, I feel good with so, that. Me too. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry it was a million years again. We really had a long conversation before we started about not making this episode as long, and we did a bad job. But in our defense... There's a lot to talk about when you're unpacking high school experiences. I think we could talk easily like eight hours straight just about high school experiences. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for sticking around. You can find us on Instagram at Grace Academy Pod. You can email us, graceacademypod at gmail.com. You can pretty please tell all your friends and tell all your family. Share us on social media. Tag us. Um, leave us a rating or review. We'll read it on, on the air. Shout you out. You can find our Patreon in the description of the episode and in our bio on Instagram. And we love you all so much. If you see Carmen whilst he is on an airplane flying to Florida, sit next to me. If you want to talk to a screaming baby the entire time, <laughs> uh, but more importantly, no spoilies. We appreciate you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our sponsors who uh, grace the airwaves uh, beginning of the episode, end of the episode here uh, in the middle of the episode. And, uh, we will see you all in the next one.